Hey, Rachel. Hey, Brian. So, how was your week? Well, did you watch the debate last night? Yeah. Yeah, we haven't talked about it, though. Like, uh, I meant to call it. I wanted to call you while it was on. It was... I know. I, I mean, I, I wanted to ask you the burning question of the night, which is, um, what's your motto? Oh, God, I can't believe they asked that. <laughs> like, who, I mean, do you think they asked them ahead of time to prepare that, or do you think it was impromptu? I think it was, uh, I think they had a plan. Yeah. Okay. So what I'm doing here is stalling while I think of something because I did not expect this question. And the first thing that came into my head was what would Jesus do, which I always think about when faced with a national crisis. Um, But really, when I think about it, uh, really my motto is nobody puts baby in the corner. Oh, from Dirty Dancing. That's a great yes. motto. Could you imagine if Elizabeth Warren said that instead of some like convoluted <laughs> fakakta quote from the Bible? It's all <laughs> anybody ba- would be talking about. Who is the baby in this situation? Is she the baby? Is, <laughs> is healthcare the baby? She's, is she's the, baby. She's, the baby. she's the baby. She's baby really? from the movie. Nobody puts her in the corner. And everyone okay. keeps putting her in the no. corner. So no. Oh, this is terrible. <laughs> already we have more to say about the debate i am sure this is nope the podcast where we shut it down my name is no my sign is no my number is no you need to let it go you need to let it go need to let it go okay rachel we took a skip week we we need for our sanity a little bit sometimes right for our sanity yeah i mean there's just like a lot going on right now i think we should like give a little (laughs) behind the scenes so we both are dealing with these like remnants of respiratory infections and we are you know panicky hypochondriac new york jews who both think that we have the coronavirus and we are recording remotely so that we don't infect each other even though we already have it <laughs> we don't want to like make it worse by, like, <laughs> like a double re- <laughs> double dose <laughs> so what we normally do when we record remotely is we have like a video chat and then we like record on our computers but we have our phones with um like facetime open or whatever but we like could not get that going today so we are just on a regular phone call and um the setup for this has been like a comedy of errors it was very funny we were doing like basically clapping to determine if there was a lag (laughs) we were like doing the hora it was like like ridiculous And and you're wearing a mask, right? And that's I'm wearing why you a sound mask, muffled. and that's why I might sound a little garbled. I'm sorry. We do what we can. Okay. 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 Well, that's that's BTS for what really happens. <laughs> that's the you context. <laughs> for context, can we talk about this Pakakta debate, please? Oh my God, this debate. Okay, so it was in South Carolina where there's a primary this weekend and it was a total shit show. And the whole time, I'm sure you agree. All I kept thinking is that we were so, so, so beyond fucked. Like, I I mean, it would be generous to even call what happened a debate. It was like seven people on a stage screaming and attempting to like devour each other. It was a cannibalistic (laughs) barbecue. (laughs) Barbecue. I think, did you see, did, it was just a few minutes ago, did you see the Trump-like press conference about coronavirus? Where he I heard, Mike, I like Mike followed Pence it on Twitter. As, yes. the, as yes. the virus czar. 
Um, so he claimed that the reason that the, the Dow plummeted over the last two days was not because of coronavirus and the disruption of the global economy, but because of the debate. And people were saying that if any of those people had any chance of being president, then they should sell their stocks now and that it was really MSNBC's fault. Um, right. It's the press's <laughs> fault. It's the Democrats' fault. It's anybody's fault except for his. Well, we know that. But I, to me, that's a leap of logic that's even – I mean, we didn't like the debate. We understand. But, like, it, it's not possible that the Dow plummeted. Also, the Dow plummeted before there was a debate. He's just fucking – Well, the Chinese, the Chinese stock market <laughs> plummeted last week 10%, well, they, and that's what set they, off the whole thing. That was MSNBC, too. There's no <laughs> coronavirus. It's all fake news. Okay. Well, we'll get back to the coronavirus. But, like, I think the first problem of this debate is that there were way too many people on the stage. And every time I saw Tom Steyer talking, I just was like, he has to go. I was hoping every I time he... I thought he was a pleasant surprise. Oh he, was a breath of, he was a breath of fresh. What was he doing with that <laughs> plaid tie? Just He was like always chiming in. And I was like, why are you here? You're just not a realistic candidate. You're a waste of space. And I just wanted like a grizzly bear to like run on the <laughs> stage and like take him down and like eat him. Or like I was hoping that that the floor would open up and swallow him. I was having these like very like violent the, fantasies. Like the, like the Revenant. Like yes, the bear like the tackling. Revenant. <laughs> yes. And so... And only his remnants. Okay, so you objected to Tom Steyer. But yes. all those other people have a shot, right? I mean, honestly, if you were going to get rid of the people who are lowest in the polls, that would be Amy, and you love Amy. We love I, Amy. We I like Amy. I thought she... Like, the one bright spot of the debate was that she was wearing a really nice shade of purple. It looked very yeah. good. Um, but, like, other than that, it was terrible. And the, the moderators had no control over anything. They needed to yeah, be, Yeah, they were like, debating... They were, they were debating about like how much time they have and like those are the rules. They these are, are the rules. Set them up in <laughs> advance. They need to be able to they need to have a button to cut off people's mics. Yeah, what that seems like such a simple thing. Just like cut off the mics. Yeah. Just cut it I off or understand. Or like in a worst case scenario, there should be like an eject button that would propel <laughs> the candidate out of the auditorium and like into space. <laughs> Wait, so uh, here are your three solutions to the Democratic field. Unleash a bear, have a trap door in the floor, or eject them into space. <laughs> what? These are very reasonable <laughs> solutions. What if it was like a reality show and after every question, the audience got to vote and whoever gets the lowest vote goes down a chute, got trapped door. <laughs> goes down a chute. It's like the tribe has spoken. I, I yes, agree. Exactly. I think that would, Packard- that would add an element of mystery and excitement. <laughs> and it would it's also winnow, it would winnow the field. There's too many people. And like, it would be I think, more decisive than like Iowa or something where we didn't know what happened. And nobody totally. We would know what happened. They went down the chute. <laughs> it's, it's a done deal. <laughs> Goodbye. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, we could go into everybody, but I think we should talk about Mike Bloomberg because he really had the most to gain from this debate since his last performance was so humiliating. And like, despite everything, he was still terrible. But and he also had the mo- he had the most to lose because he already put quarter of a billion dollars into this. So if <laughs> oh yeah, right, well more than a quarter down, of a throw billion. Throw that down the <laughs> trap door. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, and yet he is incapable of moving his face. He is like, I think that like New Yorkers have forgotten how utterly boring he is. He's like a black hole of emotion, you know? Yeah, he, um, well, it's the money. I mean, did you remember he, last night he almost said that he bought the 2018 election and then he stopped himself and he's like, I contributed to it or I helped it. Did you catch that? I he's did like, catch that. His words. Yeah, yes. that was weird. Yeah, that was like a spit take when he started to say that. That that was weird. And, um, you know, his his advertising is all very funny, but he is like so humorless and dull and just sucks the air out of any he can't he just can't bring any charisma he has no charisma at all and the I think the biggest problem is that all of them ignored the elephant in the room there was a lot of talk about health care and canceling student debt which I think is a bad thing to talk about there was relitigating past comments about communists debating over who voted for the boyfriend loophole <laughs> the boyfriend loophole the what the boy- fuck is that <laughs> we're boy- facing the greatest threat to western civilization in the last you know, ever. And we're talking about the boyfriend loophole. Is that like a boyfriend sweater? I mean, it's like some like gun loophole, but like guys, like the world is literally falling apart. And I don't understand how every single one of these candidates, or at least one of them didn't use each answer as an opportunity to attack Trump. Right. Like just pretend. Who's the only person who mentioned it? Who's the only one who mentioned it? Ready? Tom Steyer. Tom Steyer, yeah. Well, I mean, they all did, like, mention it occasionally, but not enough. And just this week, like, Trump, there was the perfect news hook in the the coronavirus, the bungled response to the coronavirus. They spent four minutes talking about it, but they did not go far enough to indict him for what he did to make us completely defenseless in the face of this horrible global outbreak. I mean, in 2018, the administration fired the entire pandemic response chain of command, including including the White House management infrastructure and the new budget slashes funding for the CDC and the World Health Organization. And last week, the government overruled the CDC and put 14 coronavirus infected Americans on an airplane with healthy people. Like, why are we not talking about that? Right. And the, the CDC is being run by like interns now. Uh, yep. So, um, <laughs> but the, we'll the only thing Trump cares about is the stock market because he's worried that if the market tanks because of the coronavirus, it might hurt his reelection. So he's talking about he was talking about hiring a coronavirus czar like um, Obama did with the Ebola virus, but he didn't want to look like he's copying Obama, so he then was denying it. But um, so the good news is that there's a new hire in the White House Presidential Personnel Office, and uh, his name is James Bacon. Have you heard about this guy? He's brand new. Um, I, yeah, I think I know where you're going with this, so why don't you just tell everybody, rather than, I don't want to feign surprise when I know okay. what it is, but it's, it's no less appalling. <laughs> So his title is Director of Operations, and he's going to oversee this whole vetting process for White House employees and uh, okay. his role. Let me be. Let me be. Let me be the straight man here. Gee, he must be very, very experienced to have such an important role in the White House. My well, God, yeah. tell me about his background. Oh, well, I'll tell you. He's replacing a woman named Katya Bullock, who was in her late seventies and was a veteran. <laughs> Of the office in both Bush administrations as well as the Reagan administration. And he just fell right into it. He's stepping right into her shoes. And um, he's a bit younger in so far as he's still in college. 
Yes, he's a college He's student. a college student. <laughs> he's running the White House personnel <laughs> office at so, Georgetown, right? Yeah. No, George Washington University. Oh, George I mean, Washington. I, I know what you're thinking. He's overqualified. <laughs> Compared he's... to some of the other. Look, if the alternative was making Jared, putting Jared in charge of it, yes, he's overqualified. He's overqualified. He's reporting to this guy named Johnny McEntee, who um, <laughs> you may recall was escorted out of the White House two years ago because he had some serious gambling debts and was considered to be a national security threat. But then Johnny McEntee was recently brought back into the fold and nobody noticed because we are in hell. And um, Johnny McEntee resurfaced in the news last week after he summoned all the cabinet liaisons to the White House to announce a full-on purge of disloyal employees, including the acting general, acting director of national intelligence, Joseph McGuire, who was replaced with the U.S. ambassador to Germany, who has absolutely no intelligence experience. Everything's fine. Perfectly fine. So anyway, so given this history, who do we think that the young, fresh-faced James Bacon will select to be the coronavirus czar? And okay, right. So um, it's got to be from among the Trump cronies, right? And it's got to be someone who like owes him a favor and is very loyal. So obviously, right. it's going to be Rod Blagojevich. Rod Blagojevich. I was thinking Rod Blagojevich <laughs> or Gary Busey or Joe or Sheriff, Sheriff, Joe, Joe Sheriff Joe Arpaio. <laughs> but I think all of them were vetted. At least, at least Joe Arpaio has like a record in law enforcement, and right. Rod Blagojevich is. Rod Blagojevich, who is, uh, you know, imprisoned for selling the Illinois Senate seat, he has a, a, a great track record of distributing government jobs. He does. He's so, got relevant experience. So he would have been good, too. And I guess, you know, James Bacon, they just all did not pass muster with this um, bright young college student who's running the White House personnel office. <laughs> so who he chose, <laughs> he just announced it, actually. Very recently. It's um, our finest living epidemiologist, Mike Pence. He's going to be in charge of controlling the coronavirus. Well, he's a he's a deeply faithful man, so I'm sure God will come to our rescue. He will just advise us all to pray. Uh, this is a man who did not think smoking causes cancer. He allowed HIV to spread wildly in Indiana because he didn't believe in needle exchange programs. He thinks that conversion therapy is the way to cure gay people. No, he's but the here, perfect person to control. Here's why he it, here's why he is the perfect person. I'm going to be contrarian here. You know the whole shtick with where he his wife doesn't let him be in a room alone with a woman, a single mother? woman or any woman. You mean really. mother? His mother won't let him? He I calls his wife, his wife mother. <laughs> okay. Easily misunderstood. <laughs> Easily misconstrued. But think about it. It's going to be really good for like isolation. If men and women are no longer allowed to be in the same room together, that will go a long way towards quarant- self-quarantine. It'll be like um, Love is Blind. (laughs) Or The Circle, which we'll talk about later. (laughs) People will be in little, like, confined cubicles. Okay, no, Rachel, we have done enough. We have to shut this down. This is so bad. Gosh, we normally don't talk about this that much, but this week we just had to. It's been just so terrible, so we need to shut this down. Let's move on. Nope, Nope, absolutely not. No, Mike Pence. Okay. 
Okay. Nope. To all of you. Okay. Um, this makes me want, here's a segue for you. This makes me want comfort food. I know. <laughs> Who among us? So self-care. Radical self-care. Comfort food. We can't even have nice things. Comfort food is no longer comforting. Nothing is safe. So I want to talk about the latest abominations sweeping the world in food trends. And of course, like all good terrible food trends that come from Japan, and it is sliced mayonnaise. And I know how you no, I know, no, I, no. I know how you feel about mayonnaise. I don't can, like can, it sliced. I don't like it spread. I don't like it. You don't like it spiced. I don't <laughs> want it solid liquid gas. No. What, what, gaseous mayonnaise. That sounds <laughs> delicious. What what exactly do you object to it? It's hard to define. Like, is it the mouthfeel? The feel? texture, the mouthfeel, the flavor. I I just object to everything about it actually yeah i'm like that with egg salad actually which is not that far from mayonnaise i like eggs and i like mayonnaise i just don't like when they're mashed together no i i hate egg salad too yeah i'm on okay, i'm good. on board with that well it look it looks like uh american cheese and there have been uh, uh crazes like this before a few years ago there was sliced ketchup um this is a company called bourbon and uh it is not an alcohol company it is a sliced mayonnaise company and uh they are releasing it in multiple flavors something for everyone they have a tuna and mayo like a tuna salad flavored and they have one that's mayo and spicy cod roe what does it look like i'm envisioning like um like cranberry sauce is it like that american cheese it's like it a looks slice like of American a, cheese. Oh my God, that is no, disgusting. That is, yes. I'm you going like, to throw like up you, right now. That is <laughs> when you put like cranberry cranberry sauce out of the can, and it's like a globular tube, and you yeah. s- make a slice of it. Yeah, that's no, what I was not thinking. At all. It is Amer- It is exactly like American cheese. Okay. It's a dollar eighty. It's a dollar eighty for four slices. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that's a, a no nope for you. That's a nope. That is I that am, is a huge nope. To me, I love mayonnaise. I will put it on all sorts of things. It is a, a sort of slightly blander cousin to ranch dressing. But why mind. do you need a slice of mayonnaise? Like, why is like it's necessity is the mother a, of invention? A, <laughs> <laughs> it's easier to put on a sandwich. Did anybody ever think like I need a like a piece of mayonnaise cheese? No, <laughs> well, nobody ever. Th- okay. Well, that's at one point nobody thought we needed slices of cheese. It just came in blocks, <laughs> and then some genius came along and said, "Let's make American cheese." Okay, let's keep moving. Okay. So, um, <laughs> other comfort foods that are being ruined is uh, fast food like McDonald's, and um, they have gotten on the candle craze because we were talking about Gwyneth's vagina candles, right? Yes, and Erica Badu's um, vagina scented incense. Yeah. So yes, yes. They're burning yeah. vagina. Burning fragrances. Right. Everyone's getting involved. Yeah. Right. So McDonald's is getting in on the game, and you could probably guess what this is. They are all introducing a line of quarter pounder candles, and they are already sold out. But, you know, what everyone really wants is a beef scented home. But it's not and, just uh, quarter pounded, it's like no, a collection. I, yeah. Yes. It's the, it's the entire co- The collectors collect them all. It's a set <laughs> of six custom scented candles that are the ingredients of a quarter pounder they are bun ketchup pickle cheese onion and a hundred percent fresh beef um so like i i'm there's a lot of questions here first of all what does a bun smell like 
Um, <laughs> and also, do you have to light them all together? Like, yes, do you want they suggest, <laughs> they suggest, suggested serving size is burn them all simultaneously. Who lights six scented candles at once? And like, well, why like not a, just have one candle that smells like all of it? Like, it's like a coven, like a Wiccan. Well, it is supposed to be customizable, right? You could say, hold the pickles, and then you could light five of them, but not the pickle. Okay. <laughs> like, what if, like, you get invited to your friend's house having a dinner party, and you're like, you walk in, you're like, I, I asked you to hold the pickles. <laughs> or I'm lactose intolerant. Please don't. Please don't. Please don't the do the cheese. cheese. <laughs> I love them. What if, like, I think it could be like, what's like a circle of candles, like a Wiccan ceremony? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So this brought to mind, so I'm just getting tired. All of these fast food companies have these like stunt fat, you know, uh, both advertising campaigns and things. So just, I think last month, Burger King, they were trying to highlight the fact that they have no preservatives. So they were, they had these ads of like a moldy Whopper. Um, with like green algae and lichens and like fungus on it, and it was revolting. But it was like shock value. They said, "Look, we have no preservatives. If you leave it out for a while, it's going to get moldy. That's what real food does." But like enough already with these things. Like remember, we talked about this like early in the podcast. There was like Lady Colonel Sanders. Um, yes. When it was shocking, there was IHOB, um, which we talked about. In it was like House Reba McIntyre, right? Who was Colonel Sanders? <laughs> Colonel Sanders, yes. And that opened the floodgates. We thought it was a one-off, but no, it was like once you have <laughs> the shock value of a lady Colonel Sanders, every Anything chain. Can <laughs> Next thing you know, KFC has chicken-scented sunscreen, which we they were in, in fact the Matrix. Did. It was just like every <laughs> fast food company had to do something crazy. <laughs> It was a it was a uh, arms race of how yes. wacky you could get. <laughs> okay, so no, just shut. Okay, certainly shut down the uh, the candles, but also all these stunts. Like, just let us evaluate what fast food crap we want to eat without the stunts. I mean, I think we all know what this shit tastes like, right? Yeah. Yes. No. Yes. Shut just make down. better nope. food. No, absolutely. Nope. Just not. eat better food. Yes. Yeah. Okay. You know what is better food? Vegetarian what? food. I, like, vegetarian food can be delicious. I love I mean, vegetarian food. Name. I've been trying to like be, eat more vegetarian lately. I just think it's I've better for the earth. I've definitely cut down my... I, well, I'm interested in the animal ethics too, the animal cruelty yes. element of it. Um, so, uh, you know, India is... a You know, there's like 500 million vegetarians in India. And uh, when our president, Donald Trump, just this week went to India, they wanted to show off their cuisine. So they prepared for him a special vegetarian feast when he visited the Gandhi ashram in uh, Ahmedabad. And uh, they were a little concerned that he wouldn't eat the uh, vegetarian feast because he's a known meat eater. And so they tried to soften it up with some American touches like apple pie and chocolate chip cookies. Okay. And um, yes, and um, the biggest outrage here, not just that, was, and this is a huge meme now, is hashtag broccoli samosa. So traditional samosas, if you've ever had them at an Indian restaurant or in India, are supposed I to ate be, one tonight. Uh, potatoes and peas, right? Yeah. Classic preparation. Delicious. In instead, to make it more whatever palatable for Trump, he filled it with broccoli and corn. Um, okay. And as you might imagine. He and Melania, nobody ate any of it. They literally like 
ignored it or just moved it around. Oh, he's plate. never had broccoli or corn. He's he never had he, a vegetable. He doesn't know what <laughs> the, that is. The, the two food groups are hamburger and Diet Coke. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Um, so India went fucking wild. An Indian journalist said it was an insult to entire humanity. And even Padma Lakshmi said Trump is the broccoli samosa of people. He, um, that is a compliment, actually. Because <laughs> broccoli samosa is delicious. No, <laughs> no, it's an affront. It's a cultural affront. It would be what, what would be an equivalent here? I don't know. Like, we're there's pretty no equivalent. He is such an abomination. He would never try a cuisine that is not just like fast food. He doesn't. He doesn't understand anything. He's a simpleton and a philistine and he's disgusting dr ronnie jackson remember him his like personal (laughs) physician (laughs) so he gave an interview this week with the new york times and he was he said that um while he was in the white house he was like following the recommendations of the great cookbook author jessica seinfeld well he didn't say this but i'm i'm assuming that's who he was following because doesn't she say you should like bury your peas in your mashed potatoes yes she she has a line of cookbooks called deceptively delicious and ronnie Jackson said he was sneaking cauliflower into Trump's mashed potatoes and hiding the ice cream. Like this is how he has to be treated, Wait, like a how toddler. Do you hide ice cream. How do you I don't know. They were cream? just like hiding it, <laughs> like, <laughs> like in plain sight. Like in a, what? In a just... hidden, hidden fridge, hidden freezers. <laughs> okay. Oh, he was hiding it, not like on the plate. Not that there was ice cream on the plate. No, bowl, no, he was, was just hidden. like putting it so it was like inaccessible. He was trying to get oh. Trump to lose weight. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, one final addendum to this is uh, Michael Bloomberg, of course, with his brilliant social media and advertising snark team, is taking advantage of uh, uh, Trump's particular and peculiar eating habits. He now has billboards that say, Donald Trump eats burnt steak. And then below it, it says, Michael Bloomberg likes his medium rare. But so. where is he putting these billboards? Like, and who is he trying to reach with this campaign? Like, Anthony Bourdain is dead. <laughs> and that's know. the only Jessica, person Jessica, who would be swayed by this Jessica, message. Jessica Seinfeld? Maybe Jessica know. Seinfeld. <laughs> he's, he, like Trump, he's got an audience of one. He's Jessica Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Nope, shut this all down. No, absolutely nope, not. No more food items, please. Oh, gosh, this Rachel. is so gross. Can we do something more serious, please? Yeah, I want to talk about these very serious data breaches. So a few weeks ago, the New York Times had this amazing and disturbing story about a shadowy company called Clearview AI. And it's a it's this facial recognition app where you can take photos of someone and instantly run it through a database of billions of photos that have been scraped from all over the Internet. So it's kind of like Shazam, but for faces. For faces, uh, that's that's what we really want right and the implications are quite disturbing as you can imagine and um this reporter found out that police departments are quietly testing it to see if it can help them solve crimes and you think okay well what could possibly go wrong and today it was announced that the company was hacked 
Um, so their <laughs> entire and all it has is the is the fate the personally identifiable face of every person in America of every person and search histories of police departments. So their entire client list, including security agencies, police departments, and banks, was stolen by the hackers. And the company put out a statement saying, "Like, don't worry, the person didn't obtain any of the search histories conducted by those customers." Um, so that's comforting, but yeah, we'll just but have to, no, no, I have a, I'm going to cut you off here cause I have yeah. a much more egregious data breach that happened this week. Oh, tell last me. Week, last episode, I think we talked about Cameo, which is this app where you can pay celebrities to give you like a custom video greeting. Um, yeah. It's a very successful, uh, startup. Yeah. And it, you know, there's some big celebrities, but it, frankly, it's a lot of like washed up reality stars, a lot of real housewives, a lot of like porn stars and people like that. Well, yes. much worse than Clearview AI, Cameo had a breach. Oh, my week, God. And it released user data, including the, this is the buyers, emails, addresses, phone numbers. But it also hacked and got the private messages and private videos that the celebrities recorded for the customers. So they got um, messages from Snoop Dogg, from Ice-T, and sh most shockingly from Michael Rappaport. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Is, who's turning in his grave even though he lives in New York City. This is um, a they scandal. Also, <laughs> they got uh, Ice-T's personal email address. Um, so, uh, you know, Motherboard, which I guess is a, a, a publication, the editor-in-chief, Jason, Jason Kobler, he wanted to test this to see if there was still like an active breach. So he commissioned a cameo video from Gilbert Gottfried. We all know who he is. Hey, don't want, I can't even do the invitation. The most you know annoying voice like. on earth. Most, yeah. Right, right. Um, and in the video, he explicitly set the setting to do not make this video public on Cameo. And on the video, he has Gottfried say, cybersecurity is booming more and more relevant today. Becoming what with the apps and the viruses and the hackers. That was the worst. But you know what he sounds like. So he had him record, a, ironically, something about cybersecurity. And then he was able to view the video publicly and download it. So it, you didn't even have to be a hacker. It was just the entire like security infrastructure of Cameo is woefully you Wait, know, who did that? Michael Rappaport? <laughs> no, Gilbert Godfrey. No, Michael Rappaport is separate. <laughs> Michael Rappaport the, the, had the Gilbert Godfrey. Of, the, editor, the editor of Motherboard oh, okay. commissioned Gilbert Godfrey to do this. And then someone else, he said it to private, and then someone else immediately accessed it. As oh, my it God. Public. Okay. That's yeah. terrible. Now, no one cares about Gilbert Gottfried, but imagine if it had been Michael Rappaport or <laughs> Ramona Singer or Sonia Morgan. Uh, someone should report this to the FBI. I'm sure they're on it. <laughs> they're, this is their top priority. <laughs> I do realize Cameo was so big. Like they raised $50 million in venture capital for this Fakakta thing. Where, where like, celebrities nobody's... like leave messages. But I feel like it's really scalable. There could be like, you know, alternate business units. Like what? Like, like what? maybe, like <laughs> maybe the celebrities then offer other services. Like personal, sir. Like they show up at your house. Like maybe they show up at your house and like do like a strip tease. <laughs> it's I like... think that's called. I think that's called an escort <laughs> service. <laughs> well, that's what it is. <laughs> you could okay. get the whole three sixty treatment. You know. <laughs> 360 development deal <laughs> you get a netflix series and, and the personal escort service <laughs> okay and a no. short, short message 
<laughs> short message on your cell phone. No, we thought about this. I wanted to have someone do a like plug for Nope uh, yes. as a cameo. I was going to give it to you as like a birthday gift or something, but apparently they're expressly forbidden from doing like product plugs on it. Oh um, man! Well, but maybe I feel we, like could, we could. We could definitely like subtly do it. We can we do could it. outsmart it, right? We could outsmart it and say like, "I heard about you guys." This, you know, nope. On, you know, the housewives could say it's all the chicest upper e- upper east side beauty salons or something like that. I, we yeah. could sneak it by. Okay, yes. stay tuned. Stay tuned, listeners. You'll hear a cameo. Uh, <laughs> yes, plug Michael Rappaport. <laughs> Michael <laughs> Rappaport. Well, I swear we will get Michael Rappaport to plug <laughs> us on a cameo. Nope, who, shut it down. Who better? No, absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> okay, this is my final item here. Um, this is very short. This is ridiculous item. So um, you saw, uh, you see Knives Out? I have not yet. I'm ashamed to admit it. Oh, did you see Last Jedi? No. Okay, well, then this is going to be less relevant. The name of the director of these, Rian Johnson, Ryan Johnson? I saw Looper. I saw Looper. Oh, he did that too? Yeah. Okay, but I think that was before iPhones, which is what this is about. So he told Vanity Fair that that, uh, Apple is actually fine to have you use iPhones in their movies and have them appear, provided that bad guys cannot have iPhones on camera um, and that you can only use iPhones in the quote in the best light in a manner of or context that reflects favorably on the Apple products and on Apple Inc. So this is like the reverse of like product pay- placement like you used to have to I guess you still do have to pay to have your product in a thing in a movie or a TV show and now they're saying like okay go ahead it's in the public domain unless we don't like the way you're using it. Yeah. So here's the here's the question that this raises so the the light of this is like if only good guys can have iphones then the bad guys presumably have to have androids and if anyone uses a cell phone you can tell the first time they pull out the phone who's the good good and and who's who's bad bad. and also like define good and define bad right like there's so many films these days that are very nuanced that are they're morally morally ambiguous they're morally ambiguous they're dramedies you don't know if it's a comedy or a drama (laughs) you don't know who's good who's bad sometimes they switch around the person you thought was good like flips Right. It happens all the time. So. Right. And then what if what if Android has the same restrictions? Can nobody have a phone? Does everybody use Blackberries or like old flip phones? Like, you know, what, Brian, this is a market opportunity. This is a chance. <laughs> there's a niche. There's an unfilled niche here <laughs> to disrupt the global phone market <laughs> on, on film. What if that, what if everyone had a cameo? They could they could subsidize it with uh, having cameos on everyone's yeah, app. I don't know. Totally. I don't know. This is short, um, but I just had to, well, I had to point this out because why it do they have like... to be so controlling? You know, just like let let people be who they are, good, bad, who cares? Just be happy the they're using and your phones. Yeah, because they what Apple really needs is name recognition. Bad people <laughs> need iPhones too. <laughs> bad people need this is a human rights violation. <laughs> <laughs> okay, nope, that was quick. Shut it down. Okay, that was. Um, Wow, that was, you know, well, we kicked off week. with the political stuff. I was depressed, but they, this was a sort of funny nopes towards the end here. But all in all, I'm still ready for our yups. These are the little rays of light, the little beacons of hope that got us through the week. Um, I'm going to start this week. So I have been obsessed with what a lot of people, a little late to the game, with this Netflix series, The Circle. 
Lot who told you, you to watch it? Who told you who, that you must? You told me to watch it, but I finished it, and you're only four episodes in. I know. So, but, yeah. therefore, I win. I win yeah. the circle. You win the circle. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, uh, I'll give the 30-second precy. Uh, it's basically, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, Big Brother, where there's a bunch of like young people living together, mostly young people. They vote each other out one by one. The only difference with Big Brother is that they live in an apartment building, but they all live in their own apartment and they never see each other. And they only communicate through this like social media platform they built called The Circle. And they have like one-on-one DMs and then group chats and they play games. And at the end of every episode, and they form these like real relationships, except of course some of them are catfishes. At the end of each episode, they vote someone off. Um, and then after they've voted off, they, the person who's voted off gets to actually go visit one of the other people in person, which actually is a huge reveal and is often very emotional. Um, and what's so interesting to me about this is that people develop real, like on a survivor or on a top chef, they tend, whatever, they tend, not top chef, they don't vote, but survivor, like they vote strategically based on like who they need to get out because they think is a threat in the game. There was almost none of this. This was all based on like who they thought was being their authentic self. And if yeah. they thought they were being authentic, they voted them up. And if they thought they were a catfish, they voted them down, um, which is fascinating because like they were so immersed in this world, they didn't feel like they were playing a game. No, and to call someone a catfish was like the biggest insult, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, of course, it's like a meditation on what it means to be, you know, showcasing yourself, the uh, presentation of yourself in a social media world. But I and I didn't think anybody could have anything new or artistic to say about it. But the circle does. It so does. Go it's watch great. It. It's great. Yep, it's uh, it's 10 episodes, one hour each or 45 minutes each. You'll devour it. Highly endorsed. That's my yup. Rachel, what's your yup? Okay. My yup is another Netflix show. We are not sponsored by Netflix, but um, Netflix, call us. We are open to We are available accepting. to be sponsored by you. <laughs> yes. But so before... I think we're, I think we're, I think we're sponsored by like Voodoo, V-U-D-U. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so before the debate cut to break and they said that they were going to ask the candidates about their mottos, I couldn't take it anymore and I needed an antidote. So I turned on Netflix and I watched this show called Love is Blind, which um, they've been advertising to everybody. And I was like, I just need to take my mind off this. And it's just about as fascinating of a social experiment masquerading as entertainment that I've ever seen in my entire life. So there's like, it's sort of like the circle in that like people don't really have contact. There's a bunch of guys who are living together and a bunch of girls who are living together all in their 20s and 30s and they're sequestered in separate areas of this compound and the they're allowed to go on these dates in pods where they cannot see each other but they can talk to each other and it's just really interesting because most reality like shows the same show it sounds like all new reality shows are going to be in pods in, in like pods <laughs> it's, it's really pod, good it's pod it's pod porn. <laughs> Great. Um, it's like, um, totally. It's like, uh, it's very good for the limiting the spread of disease, you know, as we discussed before, this yeah, is the future. Yeah. Um, and most reality shows end with the big engagement at the end of the season. But what I thought was so fascinating about Love is Blind is that there's an engagement that happens in the first episode from two people who have never met in person <laughs> and like <laughs> and like once they're all paired off they have this giant wedding and then they follow them to see how the relationships fare in real life and I'm not yet done watching the series I'm right in the middle 
but I do not want it ever to end. It is so interesting. <laughs> so I recommend it for anyone who needs something to just take their mind off of like the world coming to an end. It's it's very enjoyable. So pick one of these um, anonymous love of relationship shows and uh, you'll be better for it. Yes. I kind of I kind of wish also that like during the debate, right, I wish they had all been in their own little box if they had been in their own little isolation pod. Right? I think that would be much better. Yeah. And I also think there shouldn't have been like a live audience. Like, why do we need a live audience booing and shouting? It's not like a it's not a football game. So, Just like get them not, in a TV it's not studio. See them like it's not the fighting the lions. Like the right. Gladiators. It's not gladiators. Get Tom right. Steyer the fuck out of there. Put six just seats. Go, just go into a, a circle room, the circle room, and and like DM into a pod. And <laughs> DM into a pod. <laughs> that should be the format for the next debate. The circle, <laughs> and the and the audience gets to rank them according to popularity. That was so totally. good. Totally. Totally. We got it. Okay, we've solved democracy. We've solved it. Okay. <laughs> And on that note, um, thank you for listening. It's been a terrible week. Uh, we had a lot of fun doing this podcast, though. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate, review, grab the phone from a friend's hand and search for Nope, N-O-P-E, and uh, as if anybody didn't know how to spell that. Um, and, yeah, uh, subscribe, and, subscribe and, and review yeah. us five stars only. If you're not giving us five stars, then unsubscribe and um, tell your friends and give us your feedback. Thank you. All right. All right, thanks for listening. This has been Nope. The podcast where we shut it down. Wanna be my new friend? We got a lot.